broadcasting from the campus of Lynn Benton Community College. We are the Mid-Valley STEM CTE Hub. I'm your host, Casey, and this, this is Closing the Gap. All right. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. On this episode, we have Audrey Anderson. She is a chef and a professor at LBCC in the culinary department. Um, But you're also an EMS first responder in your training as a firefighter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, hello. It's nice to see you. (laughs) I see you. (laughs) Before we get started, would you mind uh, telling the listeners a little bit about or a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm Audrey Anderson. I have taught at uh, Lynn Benton College for four years. Um, I kind of have a specialty in baking and pastry arts uh, that have two degrees, one in culinary arts and one in baking and pastry. Um, and currently I teach the first year lab, uh, practicum lab for culinary. Um, previously, I kind of teach a little bit of everything. I have nine different elective classes that I teach, anything from like beer pairing um, to canning and preserving food and doing just like everything, bread making and kind of a little bit of everything. Um, And yeah, I'm an EMS responder and a a training firefighter. um, And that's kind of what I do. Those two things are pretty much take up everything. Nice. Um, how did you start down this path of becoming a chef? I, it's so, it's such an interesting question because I never really started. I, it's just what happened. <laughs> I started working um, in kitchens at a really young age um, and it was never really like, I didn't decide to do it until I went to school for it. I just had been doing it for so long that um, you know, cooking and figuring out how to cook, like growing up, I didn't really have a lot of food or any guidance on how to make anything. It was like, oh, we have this box of stuff from a food bank and figure out how to put it together, uh, from a really young age. And so I just kind of fell into it. And then, um, and I loved it, loved like experimenting and figuring stuff out. And, um, then I, my first job that I had was, uh, a dishwasher of course naturally and then they're like oh can you like cut this stuff up and do this other stuff and I'm like sure I was like 12 years old <laughs> so um it just kind of spiraled into you know cooking on a line and then helping people that I knew with uh private chef events and then I, yeah I was like okay well I love doing this <laughs> but it didn't you know it didn't necessarily start out that way. Everybody was like, oh, why? Uh, Like, don't, you know, don't pursue this, go be a nurse or go do something else. You're never going to make money. You're never going to like make anything of yourself. And so like culinary school was never even a consideration for me until it was like, I hate nursing school. And I don't, because I went for a year and did prereqs at um, and I was like, I don't like this. All the while I was still cooking and like, I just love cooking. (laughs) So Right on. Cool. Um, so like, why would someone go to culinary school? I feel like the culinary industry is 
infamous for, you know, someone can come in completely green and they can achieve a measure of success. Uh, what, what does culinary school have to offer that maybe learning on the job doesn't? So I love this question because I, I'm a huge believer, especially in like CTE programs. Um, go and do the thing that you think that you want to do before you go to school for it, uh, before you tie yourself to, you know, loans or a degree that might, you might not actually like it. Like culinary is, um, the culinary industry is rough. Like, and you, yeah, you might not make a lot of money. Um, but if you go to school, you'll have degrees and you'll have a different sort of foundation to help you get further in your career. And that's, that's why I went to school. I had been working um, for about six years in the industry. And after a certain point, I couldn't move any further up in my career. And it was just like, oh, am I gonna be a line cook forever? Or can I start to get trusted um, to manage things and to have bigger contracts and do different event services? And um, so that's where, why I went. <laughs> and at first I was like, ah, oh, now I'm just not gonna go to school ever. And then I went for something entirely different and then wound back up in culinary school. Um, and that to me, like I had been cooking for so long already and I didn't know like this technical terms or exactly like the reason why things happen in food and how interactions work. Um, and so like school gave me that for sure. And I got to start piecing these foundational skills together and then could like use it for whatever. Once you had that foundation down, you're trusted kind of in the industry to, you know, mess with things and play with things because you understand the function of it. Um, whereas before just being a cook, I was just told by the chef or the manager, do this, do that. Um, I'm like, okay, yes, chef, I'll do that. And then after school, they're like, oh, can you do this? Okay, cool. <laughs> and so it, it gave me a different kind of level of trust in the industry too. Um, and I, I use the skills that I was taught in culinary school every single day. Like there's not a day that goes by that I don't reference something back to what I learned or how I learned it. And um, it's, it's really beneficial, but I think uh, going and working first is, is really beneficial too, because you might go into it and be like, not for me. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it would be be a huge bummer to spend all that time and money on something that you were not very sure about. Exactly. I think it's something that like a lot of students have. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with that. Um, at the time that I went to culinary school too, like that, um, what is it like the TV culture was super strong. And so the TV chef and uh, so everybody thought it was like, ah, you know, you gotta, this is what we're going to end up being as a TV chef and we're going to own a restaurant. We're going to do whatever. And that's just not realistic. Like that's not reality. And a, a lot of my classmates figured that out and they either dropped out or they have already changed careers. And for me, I'm like, no, nah, I love this. And I love what I do. And I'm not a TV chef, <laughs> like I'm a real, <laughs> I'm a real person. So um, yeah, it's just really interesting that, that culture. <laughs> for sure. So you had mentioned a little while ago how um, it was like to get further in your career, like maybe being like a kitchen manager, a chef, um, culinary school really helped with that 
are employers that are looking for someone like a kitchen manager or a chef, do they, do they look for culinary school as like a prerequisite to hiring into that position? Um, I think yes and no. Like me as a hiring person and a manager of a restaurant, I look for that because that shows dedication um, to a schedule, dedication to um, yeah, learning and progressing through your future. And that's what I look for when I hire people. And I do that for my business. And then when I worked at Willamette and when I worked, I worked at the Three-Legged Dog and Independence Managed That Place and a few other places um, where I would have to sit in on hiring. And I'm like, I want somebody who's committed to something. And so show me your work history or your school school history. And I wanna see like that trend for sure. Um, yeah, some level of commitment. <laughs> for sure. Uh, what kind of skills do you think that you have or that a good cook or a chef would have um, that would help help them thrive in this industry? Uh, flexibility, for sure. <laughs> uh, definitely flexibility, being able to um, consistently be a lifelong learner. Because like, I, I've been doing this for about 15 years. And there's like, I feel like every day I learn something. And the second you just start rejecting that knowledge or that information, you're like, oh, I know everything. That's the second you're going to fail. Um, you have to be adaptable, you have to seek information, and you have to be willing to be wrong. Like, you got to be wrong sometimes or all the time in order to be right sometimes. Um, there's a good quote, it's like, you can't be interesting and right all the time. It's like, <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> I love that quote. That's really good. <laughs> so you're also training as a firefighter and you're already trained as an EMS uh, responder, uh, could you tell us uh, like some more aspects of that career choice? <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting when, uh, when I started, um, you know, diving into that, it was like, uh, when was it October of 2020? So like the pandemic was crazy and everything was unstable and it was just like, you know, I had time for the first time in, a long time. I was working essentially remote, teaching remote, and so I had all this time to go and do something else. So I went to Lane Community College for their EMT program um, and then ended up moving to um, my family's property over in Staten. And so uh, my grandpa, he, um, he was a fire captain for Staten Fire District for a super long time. So growing up, it was kind of a part of our family culture um, that, you know, fire department, we go to the fire department, uh, we do the events and it's like the firefighters breakfast or the banquets or all of this stuff that kind of relates back to food. <laughs> um, and then just, I love the culture of, of the fire department and specifically Staten. Um, they're awesome. All the people there are great. Uh, so I started doing that in 2020, just kind of like preemptively getting into it, wanting to do, you know, public health and helping out the community that I was a part of. And then um, I got into the fire department uh, August of last year um, was my like official volunteer hire date. Um, and I'm going through the Sanium Academy right now. And so that's like every Wednesday you go to class um, and you train on like 
you know, breaking into vehicles or cutting them apart, which we're actually doing this weekend, um, going into burning buildings and watching fire pattern behavior and seeing how how different uh, interventions that you do in the fire changes the pattern and behavior. Um, and so we just, we train all the time. I have a business meeting tonight and we do drills every Thursday and then class every other weekend. And so it's a huge commitment um, doing, doing the training aspect of it in order to become a firefighter. And um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. <laughs> like, I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like fire patterns and, and things like that you're talking about have kind of like a sciencey aspect to them. Could you oh, sure. maybe tell us a little bit more about how you like determine fire patterns and stuff like that? Um, so in order to observe them, you have to create them, right? And so uh, we have a burn box room where we, um, it's it's like a house kind of, but it's made out of shipping containers. And so um, you can see, like, we set up pallets with hay bales in them and then light them on fire while we're inside. And we have full gear on um, a self-contained breathing apparatus. So like masked up and then all of your turnouts and gear and you're just sitting there watching. Um, and the fire will start like coming up and over. It like, yeah, it comes up and rolls over the room and then you can do different like venting techniques where you break out a window and then see how that oxygen starts like pulling in the window and fueling the fire. And then you have a hose of course, and you're like knocking it down and then letting it build back up and seeing how closing that window changes it or changing like opening a door and seeing how different like flow patterns kind of happen and changes and interactions. It's really cool. <laughs> Wow, it sounds like you're like really learning by design. Oh, with that. For like sure. you're like customizing a situation for your for your learning benefit. Yeah, it's it's really, really hands-on and it's it's a ton of work. I feel like every class that I have, um, I learn something, a lot of some things, and it's like the hardest thing I've ever done, every class. <laughs> and so it's it's really cool. Like, yeah, scaling buildings on ladders and spraying a hose, like a crate like I think it's 125 pounds of pressure on the hose when you pull back the nozzle so you're on a ladder doing that and like you're kind of going all over the place and it's just like crazy everything that I do there is like super super difficult and I'm like okay well I got through that class I can probably do another one <laughs> and, and then the next one's harder and I'm like okay cool so I got through that one and then let's do it again <laughs> wow that's impressive. That's so much pressure to be like balancing on a tiny little like rung of a ladder. Yeah. It's, it's definitely sketchy. But yeah, it sounds sketchy and scary. At the end of it though, you're like, oh, cool. So I did that. So I can do like anything, right? I made it through that. So I can make it through other things in life. For sure. That's great. Mm -hmm. I feel like firefighting is perceived to be like a real uh, male dominated career fields. Uh, is this true? Is this at least true in your experience? Um, there, the, the ratio is definitely like more men to women for sure. Um, we have a lot of like women medical responders versus firefighters though. So that kind of like switches somewhere in there, but I feel like, like the women that I've met that are firefighters, like 
they're so badass <laughs> like they're so cool and they're just like you know savages kind of like the people at my station that I'm training with uh because I'm a part of the Marion rural station um out in the sticks and I there's one other girl there at that one station and she's just like so freaking cool and she'll do anything like I've watched her climb onto a ladder cut a hole in a roof of a house that's on fire and it's like no, no big deal. <laughs> like she's super, super awesome. All the, all the women there are really cool. Um, but it's definitely like in this academy that I'm going through right now, um, I'm the only female from Staten that's going through it. Um, and so it's cool because I have all these like guys that are, you know, struggling and doing the, the stuff. And then when I do something super difficult that they have a hard time doing, they're like, yeah, like they're my biggest cheerleaders. All these like, you know, burly firefighter dudes are like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> so it's super That's supportive awesome. and really cool. That's great. It sounds like all of your career choices so far have really been in like high pressure, like fast paced situations. For sure. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love that variety of work. <laughs> Yeah, it can, I mean, I can totally see why, I get, but it keep, like keeps things interesting for sure. Yeah, gotta keep it interesting. <laughs> so all the things you've done, so all the things you've done so far in your career, um, what are some of your most proud accomplishments that you've that you can remember? <laughs> some of my most proud. Um, I don't know. Like I've I've done a lot in in my career, and I'm I'm only 27, and so it's kind of cool to be like at a point in your career um, where you start like tacking on more things because you're like I've I've done a lot so what else can I do like I've managed a restaurant I've managed like a multi-million dollar catering account and uh, you know I've been a personal chef I've owned my own business I've done a lot of things now I teach because I have all these other you know stacks of information and experiences and so I'm like, okay, now that I teach and have like a normal life and a normal schedule, what else can I do? What else can I learn? What else can I get into and, you know, go further? So I, it's kind of like a culmination of everything. Like, yeah, I'm only 27. I have years and a whole other like era of life ahead of me. And so like, cool, this one is checked off and let's go on to the next goal. <laughs> so it's kind of, uh, there's a lot of things to be proud of or, you know, feel a sense of accomplishment in, but it's hard to feel it like when you're sitting in it. So you just have to like sit back and be like, okay, I'm doing fine. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, crazy life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, gosh, that is really something to be proud of. I mean, I think you've accomplished so much so far in such a short amount of time, it seems. Yeah. It's like pedal to the metal all the time. I gotta, yeah. like, I'm always like full speed ahead, trying biting off way more than I can chew. And, and then <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I chewed it up and now it's gone. So what else can I do? It's just how, I don't know how my personality is. I'm always like, you know, bang, bang, bang. Let's do, let's do it all. Totally. Crazy. That's great. So can you, could you maybe like give the listeners some advice if they're like interested in doing like a full speed ahead, pedal to the metal, super diverse <laughs> kind of career choice, um, you know, something similar to what you're doing, you know, what kind of advice can you give them? Um, just do it. <laughs> like, you know, don't have 
like you can have doubt in yourself and have doubt in your mind, but don't listen to it. Like, like <laughs> if you want to do something, seek the information and figure out how to do it and then just freaking go for it. Because the only thing that's going to hold you back is, is your own self and your own fear. And like, you know, there's times where I'm literally inside of a burning box and I'm like, I'm afraid right now. And I'm like, no, just ignore that. Just ignore that thought and you'll get through it. Um, and yeah, just go for it. Like with everything you have, just, you know, get what you want and, you know, don't take no for an answer. Um, I, I took no for an answer on my career choices on, you know, choosing to be a firefighter and for a long time. And then I, at the, like the second that I was like, no, I'm not going to listen to other people is the second I started actually succeeding in life and in these paths. And it's like, okay, you can do anything you want. Really. You just gotta, you know, like lace up your shoes and do it. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. That's some, that's some really great advice. Just get out there and do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, in your opinion, how can we get more uh, girls and gender minorities interested in pursuing these types of fields or STEM, CTE kind of things in general? I think just, you know, making sure that people know that the option is there. Like, I didn't even know that culinary school was a thing. Like, and I was working in the industry and I like had been doing it for years. And somebody like one day was like, have you considered going to culinary school? And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, of course I would consider that. And then I went and I did it. And I just didn't know, like I, I grew up in a small town, like with, from a family who didn't really have any money, first generation college student. And I didn't know the resources or the options that were available to me. And so once I started figuring stuff out and diving in deeper, I was like, wait a second this is totally doable, <laughs> but just like, yeah, figuring, like getting that information out there and making it accessible. And I feel like we do a really good job now of like getting out to high schools and to, you know, talking with people. And like, I went to Staten uh, Cascade High School a few weeks ago and talked to a class and they had a whole culinary like program. And it's like, that is awesome. That is so cool. And the, there's like, I think a STEM lab in Marion right by the fire station and like, oh, this is really, really cool, like resources that are available, but you know, how do we, how do we get people to know about them? You know, just like, yeah, blast that information out there make it available, accessible for everybody. And maybe somebody will be like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> Hopefully robotics or whatever. Like, yeah, oh, I could do that. Um, I had noticed in our conversation so far that you had mentioned um, attending community colleges several times. I mean, like you went to Shemekka, mm -hmm. and then you um, went to Lane and you're working at LV. Yeah. Could you maybe talk a little bit about the importance of community colleges and what they do for the areas that they serve? Oh, they're awesome. <laughs> so I've been to, yeah, there I've been to Shemekka, Lane, uh, Southwestern, and then I've taken a few classes while I've been working at LB. I've taken classes at LB while working at LB. And so what is that, you know, four different community colleges. And they're, they're such an amazing resource. Like there's so many different things that you have available. I've taken 
small business development classes from Chemeketa. So in my own personal business, they helped me grow it and they helped me figure out information to have um, self-sustained uh, income and success. And that's just like one aspect of my life that's very small is my small business. And then, you know, having affordable education is so, so important. And then being able to experiment with all these different things. Like I've been to school a bunch of different times for different things. And, you know, every school kind of does things a little bit differently, but they're huge in the community. And that's, you know, hopefully in the name community college. And so they get you all of these connections and resources to your community. And then it, it binds everybody together and like, you know, it, it sets us up for success in whatever avenue you go through, like, you know, culinary school, the nursing program was great at Chemeketa, but I just didn't like it. <laughs> and so I, you know, I've met some of the coolest people that I still talk to and know today from doing something at a community college and, you know, not liking it or not turning out the way I thought. Um, and I still talk to these people today, like, you know, it's a huge connector and just in a social aspect. And then also in your education, like there's so much to know and so much to learn. And there's so many resources like LB is super cool uh, with the resources that we've been providing for the last couple of years that, and, but it's crazy because I had just learned about them, you know, in the last couple of years and like all of this stuff has been available for so long <laughs> and, you know, it's so helpful for anybody like, yeah, anybody can go to school, anybody can do these things, but got to figure out, you know, those resources and how to use them. I, you know, I'm like sitting here thinking about how you're talking about, you're going to all these college programs, you own a business, you have uh, firefighter training, you have a full-time job. Can you tell me a little bit about how you juggle everything? Um, asking for a friend, <laughs> how you juggle everything and like not go crazy. Um, so currently right now I have two calendars up on my computer. I have a hard, like hard planner reminders on my phone. And um, so I really like, I pride myself in my organization and how I organize all of these things into my life. Um, it's, it's a lot, like it is a lot. Um, and so like keeping what would be like your kitchen brain or your mise en place in place, like it's totally for your life also, especially when you, you know, have such a crazy life like I do. Um, and having a support system that, yeah, supports your crazy, you know, <laughs> like my family, every time I go and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do something. They're like, what, when, when are you going to do that? And, um, like, oh, I'll figure it out. And I do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they support me through every decision and everything I do, no matter how crazy it is, whether it's being inside of a burning building or becoming a teacher or, you know, owning a business. They're like, we think that you could do that. So we'll be here regardless. And I'm like, cool, sounds good. I'll just go do that. <laughs> um, having like teaching is awesome because I, ha I have summers off where I can do, um, you know, extra things. And that kind of like that refreshes my passion for teaching because by the time the summer is over, I'm like, I have all these ideas for the next year that I can, you know, put into place or do and like everything's bright 
bushy tailed and new. And then I have that time too to be like, you know, do all these other little projects like this summer. Hopefully I'll be doing some wildland firefighting with my company and then um, doing a lot more EMS runs and calls with uh, the district because I'll have the time to do it. Right now it's like, you know, I get a call and I'm over here, yeah, call now. <laughs> and uh, it's just impossible to make everything work. So you just have to like prioritize, oh, I can, I can make calls this day, this day, this day a week, or I can go to drills every Thursday. That's like my commitment that I will not break is drills every Thursday. And yeah, figuring out how you want to prioritize all of the things and then organizing it on all of your planners and all of your calendars and coordinating with your family or friends and being like, okay, you know, we'll be here for you when you get back. And that's me tonight. That's what my partner, he'll be, um, he'll be home at like five tonight. I leave at six to go <laughs> to my fire drill and I'll be like, okay, well, I'll be home around 10. And he's like, okay, I'll have dinner ready for you. <laughs> so this coordination and, you know, collaboration through, through your crazy in your life and it helps. <laughs> that's great. You know, I feel like uh, just in passing, when you were answering that question, you had also mentioned that you have another iron in the fire and that you're also starting wildland firefighting on top okay. of like regular firefighting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are those Hopefully. trainings, are they, are they like synonymous kind of trainings? Like, can you, uh, do they translate at all? Or is that like a whole nother area of study? It's like a whole other area. So <laughs> yeah, it's, um, so the academy that I'm going to, it's a six month program. And so it's that Wednesday and then every other weekend for six months. And so you go through the first four months as your firefighter one training, and then that you get a certification for that. And then your second like um, month or so is firefighter two training. And then the very end of it, you do wildland training. And so I have like five courses that I have to go through uh, specific to wildland firefighting. And um, then we do like a wildland field day where you get to practice all of those skills and like everything is different. You have a different uniform, different turnouts and different, yeah, different hoses, different everything. So you have to learn all this other stuff and then it's like, okay, well, you have that now. So <laughs> let's transfer you over to one and a half inch hose or whatever. And so it's a whole other beast um but should be cool I'm really looking forward to that um yeah I love being outside and so I think uh, you know being able to help with that would be awesome being able to help preserve some of our our beauty in the world would be great definitely I'm gonna have to have you back on when your season's over so we can talk about it because that just sounds like an amazing experience yeah yeah I'm I'm very excited um and that'll start in June, I think. So yeah, we'll have we'll have a good lull of time. <laughs> right on. That's great. So uh if and when you do have free time, what do you do in it? Um go outdoors for sure. Uh go camping, fishing. I love trout fishing. That's like my favorite thing to do outside is go trout fishing. Um I have two dogs. And uh, so I take them anywhere and everywhere that I can. Uh, and then, um, yeah, kayaking, like anything to do with outdoors. Um, and then spend time with my family. I really like, 
Yeah, I see them every day, of course. And uh, it's I am in a really cool and strange situation where I actually live on my grandparents' property right now. And I have for like the last, um, yeah, like year and a half, kind of waiting out the housing market. And so, um, yeah, my partner and I, we live in a, a converted toy hauler. And so with our two dogs, our cat, and then we've just been waiting for, you know, a house in Staten to pop up for like ever. <laughs> and so we live with my family and we get to see them all the time, hang out with them all the time. And it's awesome. Like, I love being that close to my grandparents and, um, you know, my cousins and having everybody kind of like centrally located on their property and out there is it's a really, really unique and strange situation that I never really thought I'd be in. Um, but it's, it's like works out really good because all of my free time doesn't have to be spent then traveling to go see them from, I lived in Corvallis before. Now I live in their pasture in their backyard. So I'm like, cool. This was a great situation. <laughs> so free time is family time. It's outdoor time and hanging out time for sure. Well, I know that you are a busy lady and I'm not going to keep you any longer because I know you have things to attend to, but um, I appreciate you coming on the show today and, and telling us about everything that you do. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Closing the Gap. If you like this show, subscribe on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at MVSTEMCTE, on Twitter at MidValleySTEM, and online at MidValleySTEM.org. Until next time, keep progressing.